Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. <laughs> yes, I can clearly see that I rolled a one. <laughs> While the Yeti determines my fate, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Sanity Damage. They're an amazing D&D actual play live show. The campaign features a high seas adventure full of piracy, steampunk, and Lovecraftian horror elements. You can find Sanity Damage on any podcasting platform or watch the party live on YouTube. Catch them bi-weeklies on Thursdays at 7.30 Eastern Time on YouTube at The Homebrew d and I'll throw it in the show notes to make it easy. Oh, and never let a Yeti be the DM. Hello, and welcome to Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and uh, we're continuing. I, I don't know if this is a series, but we're, we're continuing um, me making good on on uh, promises I made to folks I met at Baltimore Comic Con. Um, I should I should see if Baltimore Comic Con will sponsor the podcast because I've certainly had a bunch of folks on that I, I got to meet there. Uh, and this next individual, no exception. Um, but uh, I've read some of the comics from the the company, and I am very very excited to talk to the uh, founder and CEO of Black Box Comics. Please welcome to the podcast, Demetrios Zaharakis. How are you Jimmy. doing tonight? Good, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah no. Um, you had a really nice display, um, like at. Baltimore Comic Con, like you had a lot of stuff going on. Um, it looked like the whole family was was out uh, to talk All about my Black volunteers. Yeah, yeah, to talk about Black Box Comics. Um, but yeah, and I actually I picked up uh, Dream Master issues one to five when I was there, which I read. Um, I think it's uh, Hedrick Jonathan Hedrick is the writer. And, um, yeah. And uh, Baricelli, uh, I can't remember the name of the first name. Yeah, of the Luigi, Luigi Baricelli uh, for the art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, kind of a Sandman ish vibe, um, you know, uh, in terms of the main character. But we'll talk about it. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. Uh, the artwork in the interior, the artwork and the colors are uh, fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, so I wanted to have you on to talk about Black Box Comics in terms of, you know, what is Black Box Comics like all about and what led you to want to, you know, it's one thing to want to make comics. It's another to actually want to, you know, start Be your own publisher. publishing company. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, story's a little weird. Uh, I was actually a banker. So um, I was banking for like a little over 18 years. Oh, wow. Uh, the- the, that that old chestnut, the banking to comics publishing pipeline, <laughs> right? And and uh, so I, I mean, with o- over those years, I had a lot of experience working in IT and security, and uh, I, you know, I found a lot of moments that were funny or or serious, and uh, talking about the risks on the security end and things that could happen. So I thought, oh, man, it'd be great as like a show or a comic book. And I grew up loving comics. So I was like, you know, that was the first path for me to take. Uh, and I knew a lot of the artists in the industry I was friends with. And that allowed me to get like guidance from people. Um, so IT was the first idea. And then I thought, 
oh, I got all these other ideas. Let me create a publishing company and then just expand after that one. Uh, so IT was the first book. I don't know if you saw that, um, but that was one of them that was on the table. Um, right. Yeah, I did see that. Like it's, it, And I saw there's a couple of volumes that you can get like through the website, right? That, yeah, that we have made two, vo- two volumes. Yeah, so it's five okay. issues for every volume, typically for most of our, our titles. Um, we have a couple that might have like six or seven, some are a little different, but the majority are five. Okay, so you're you grow up uh, a fan of comic books. Yeah, of course. Loved and so, it. what was what kind of got you into reading comics as a fan when you're younger? What what was it that you were into? Man, I was reading a lot of X Men, Daredevil. Uh, trying to remember what else. I remember Secret Wars was at the time. Uh, we're talking eighties now, so oh sure, all right. So, do do comic books like stay a part of your life when you're like as you grow up? When you actually, start, I mean, like, at, at, at some point, I kind of fell off. I would say yeah. probably closer to like mid nineties, maybe somewhere around that time. Um, I fell out of the loop for a little while. Um, obviously, you know, I'm I'm not talking about watching movies and shows and. Yeah, even yeah. the cartoons. I'm talking about like really being in the in the thread with everybody on the book level. But uh, I was out for a while, and then I came back, maybe around 2010, or maybe even slightly before that. So I started collecting books again, reading everything. And I had okay. a friend, a friend who goes to me, "Oh, real comic book fans don't collect book just books; they collect art." So I started getting into the art game and buying a lot of art. Oh, wow. Okay. That's kind of like a, you know, uh, I mean, I, I understand that. And I know, certainly know a lot of folks that do collect original art and comic book art. Yeah. Um, what was it that got you back in, in, you know, let's say in, in around 2010? Was it anything in particular? Um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I mean, I, I told this story on the podcast before. My wife works weekends and there was a comic book shop right down the street. And I had a like a two year old, and I'm like, all right, well, I, you know, we go to the library, we go to the park, we stop by the comic book shop, and she liked it. Yeah. And then next thing I know, I have a pull list and I'm hosting a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know I started uh, reading Daredevil again. That's what I started doing again. Um, Daredevil and a couple of other like events that they were having at the time. Uh, but yeah, Daredevil was probably the main one at the time that got me hooked back in. Okay, and then once I got into the art game, like that uh, it went a little too crazy, and I was just buying art constantly. But the good thing was I got to uh, work with a lot of artists, doing a lot of commissions, and I was playing around with ideas in my own head with characters, like what kind of story I would do, and that would be the commission, basically uh, displaying that. Okay, and and, and I got to meet, like I said, a lot of the artists. So that that gave me. Um, people that I could reach out to when I decided to go, you know, the publishing route. Right. Had people I could ask to help me or work with me or whatever, or recommend someone. So right. that was a, like a blessing in disguise, you know, having people to be able to help you like that. So, yeah. And when you start getting into the art game or, and, and you mentioned commissions. So is that mostly what you're doing? Like finding artists that you like and getting commissioned work or 
are you also collecting like original like comic book pages? Oh, both. I was doing the okay. original and commissions. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah, that can that's not an inexpensive hobby. <laughs> no, no, it's, especially once you get hooked, man. Forget it. I mean, I was. I can't. I think I was getting a new piece like every three days or something like that. Oh, it was wow. just. It was. It got really addicting. It, it, yeah. it, it's a. It's a great hobby and and um, good investment. Yeah, it turned, turned out to be a great investment, but uh, it was just fun, and I enjoyed it. So now I got my own stuff to collect. That's true, and for you know, uh, for for others to collect of the things that you're you're putting out and the, right. the artists that you're working with for Black Box Comics. Um, yeah, was there ever anything that you thought like that was like a holy grail type of of item? Meaning, oh, I would love to get like an original comic book page of so-and-so artist did you ever have any of those um i don't i don't have i mean because i was a daredevil fan maybe something from like the frank miller run maybe oh yeah um i i always kind of liked the it was an issue with the with the hulk there was a one issue with with daredevil and hulk so maybe something from there would have been cool yeah that'd be great Uh, that's awesome um all right so then you are working in banking. You have the the story ideas from what you are from what you know you know about the banking world, um, and still what you know the the traditional route, I guess, or the like the creative route in terms of like writing the story or like working with an artist. Like, was there um something that that said i know i i want to do rather than pitching a story somewhere and creating it i i want to have like a publishing company because that seems um, to be i mean know, i started a off big endeavor yeah i started off with the idea of it first and the good thing about that was because i knew the industry of banking and it um it was easy to adapt that as a comic for me rather than going into a title that I've never worked on and mm-hmm. making up superpowers or whatever. I, I just thought that was easier to right. be acclimated with the industry. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things to learn, like the process of everything that goes on in the background, um, you know, from distributing to uh, editing and marketing and uh, just right. every, every step that everybody on the team has to, has to do. So, um, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, but, uh, in terms of like learning the ropes of, you know, the actual like publishing and and distribution side of the industry. Um, but like, how did you kind of start to first put like a creative team together? You know, you had met artists from, you know, kind of being in collecting, um, but what what were your avenues to try and get folks together to like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, on the first title, um, the team was Scott McDaniel, Andy Owens, uh, Taylor Esposito, and Tio Gonzalez. So uh, Andy and Scott worked on, uh, I believe it was Nightwing, uh, and Scott also worked on Daredevil. Yeah. And I had bought, at the time, I had bought some art from them, uh, and that kind of gave me some you know, access to them, and that's when I okay. presented the idea which they liked a lot and they thought it was like unique and different. Some people thought I was crazy for doing a banking (laughs) comic. Uh, But, you know, it worked out really well. And then we had Taylor who's worked for like DC 
Comics. Um, Teal's worked for Aspen and I believe some other uh, publishers as well. Right. Um, so like we just assembled a pretty good team that already knew what they were doing, which made it that much easier for me. Right. Um, it, 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 I mean, for them, it was different that they had to work with a new publisher, first title, uh, nothing to, to base it off of, right? It's not like you're working on Batman that has a thousand issues prior of history that you could work off of. So oh, sure. uh, I thought that was a new experience for them, but you know, we, we, we all, we figured it out and I thought we executed pretty well for our first sh- shot at it. In terms of your role with, you know, not just as publisher, but were you kind of like, uh, like putting the story together and somebody else was scripting or were you writing it as well? Um, I was, like doing all the ideas and I helped with like the outlines. Um, I gave all the, the characters, characteristics, you know, behaviors. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I did a lot of that. I had a lot of the prep work done. Right. Um, and then, you know, from the writer's point of view, they, he had to do a lot of research and banking because that really wasn't his expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, so between his research and um, having meet conference calls and meetings with me, to explain things, uh, kind of made him a banker pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought that helped a lot to give the product, um, just a better realistic take on banking. Um, okay. And w- so when was that, that first title? Was that like 2018 or earlier? March, 2017 was the first one. Okay. March, 2017. Wow. Um, and so, you know, um, even being, you know, in banking and having that type of like industry background, I mean, the, you know, publishing is its own kind of, you know, monster it's beast. It's a yeah, beast. Exactly. So what did you do, you know, to try and like, you know, get that education in terms of, all right, well, I, I'm just going to publish this myself. I'm going to put the team together, you know, and kind of dig into printing and distribution and how all that works. Uh, I'll be honest. I just kind of did as much research as I could on the internet and kind of threw myself into the fire and was learning things as they go at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's always like you wish you knew what you know now then, right. but, yeah. but, but that's, you know, it's part of the journey, right? It's learning. And then yeah, you got to start, mi- make you start somewhere. Yeah. You improve on them. So. Right. Um, and so uh, it is, is out there in the world, March of 2017. Um, right. And you're working on that. The team's working on that. Uh, do you, what, what is the next step in terms of developing like other stories? Are you kind of figuring out like what you want to do next? Are you constantly trying to have like the next iron in the fire? Well, yeah, I was playing around with a lot of different ideas, different concepts. Um, I didn't nail one down immediately. Um, but we did in 2018, we did volume two of it. So again, that still was like, I don't want to, if I want to say buying me time, but it was letting me, uh, learn more and more about the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, and I believe it was 2019 when we launched militia, which was the third, the second title, but third volume. Okay. Um, and I, and I think in the same year cyclist came out. Um, okay. so, so Scott McDaniel as the writer on it, then we had 
Chuck Dixon on Militia, and then Kevin Grievous on Cyclist. And when um, are are you still kind of like coming up with ideas and like getting people involved, or is there like a submission process at that point in time? Um, I mean, now I mean I'm still like just doing my own concepts, and I'll write like it, it all depends. Sometimes I might just do like a two pager, uh, writing the concept, what what the expectations are. Um, some checklist items, um, mm-hmm. as much guidance as I could provide for the writer, but I also want to give enough room for them to express their creative thoughts and what they could bring to the table. Right. Um, and are you, are you still going out and getting people and like, you're putting the team together. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, I actually, I, I, it's not like I just go and I find a random artist and a random writer and just say, here, do this. It's right. It's yeah. really, no, I'm sure you're taking much more time than that to put them together. Yeah. I mean, I really try to find the right person for the right book. And like you got dream master and you could see that artist to me was perfect for that book. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, I, 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 um, my, my brother and I, who goes to Baltimore with me every year, shout out to my brother, Bobby, the cryptid creator corners, number one fan. He listens to What's all, up, brother to all Bobby. My, he listens to all my episodes, but, um, so he wrote a story in the third grade. And as part of that, it's about a, his friends and skiing and a snowman. And I do to annoy him every Christmas Eve after the family reads Twas the Night Before Christmas. I, re, I do a dramatic reading of this story he wrote in the third grade. Um, cool. you'll, you'll understand why I'm telling you this story in a second. He, so he ended the story with the with the word sploosh, S-P-L-O-O-S-H. And so for like 10 years now that I've been doing a dramatic reading in front of, you know, now our family and uh, all the kids, um, every time I read a comic book that uses sploosh, I will take a picture of it and send it to him. And That's so funny. as I, w- I I'm not sure what issue, I think it might've been issue three of Dream Master. There is a great full page with sploosh across the top and I sent it to him tonight because I reread the five issues before this again. And um, I sent it to him and he, his text back was like, holy shit, that page is awesome. <laughs> so usually he That's begrudgingly cool. accepts my texts and he's like, come on, man. But he it, like he wants to read the comic now because he loved the that page so much. Because, um, cool. yeah, the whole point of that being, though, um, That's that, cool. like that the artwork is it it really is the absolute right fit for that type of story like it dream master looks like something that you know the artist it, it, some of it look some of the pages look complicated as all hell but um right. it it does look like a nightmare a lot of it and it there's so much packed on like every page it just yeah. seems like what a like a what what a perfect artist for that uh, type of story. Yeah, Baricelli just like crushed it. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you go back, I mean, what I do is I go back and analyze the pages that I already read and looked at, even though I looked at them 20 times. It's like, you'll find just one more thing that you didn't see before, you know? Uh, and yeah, he, he put a lot of heart and soul into that, man. I mean, he really, he did crush it. And Jonathan did a great job writing the stories, developing the characters. Um, and we're leaving little tidbits about uh, who the Dream Master is, like where his origin and who who's the queen of the night, you know. Um, so we have a lot of plans in volume two and we're actually 
starting volume three now for scripts. So volume two oh. scripts scripts are done. Uh, issue six is pretty much done in terms of art. Um, so yeah, Luigi will be working on issue seven very soon. Uh, so we're hoping to get that out. I don't know if it'll be next year, but definitely by the year after the latest. Mm -hmm. uh, when do you start? Like, uh, do you have like a like a sit down at the beginning of the year in terms of um, you know the the plan for the next year, or is it like project by project, or do you have like a, like an overall map of what it is you want to do? I'm working on about 15 titles right now. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's a little much, but <laughs> so I'm pretty much set for the next three to four years, I think. Wow. Um and and, and so like do you have who is all of, of black box comics? I mean, is it is there a whole team? Is it just you? Me. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I actually, you know, luckily I have my family. They 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 do help me out. I, like yeah. I said, they're my volunteers. They come to help me out with a lot of stuff. <laughs> so if it wasn't um, for them, I wouldn't be able to do it. And so, yeah, I think I'm much, I, you know, uh, I, I think I first remember hearing about, um, or hearing some buzz about, uh, devil's dominion when that came out. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause that I, and I, I, cause I think, um, I really like Brian Hawkins and I, he, I think wrote was the writer on that one. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, we signed Brian on for uh, three titles. It was Devil's Dominion, Doctor Wilder, and Empath. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Empath looks awesome. And I know you said when we started. I don't know if we had started recording yet, but I think as of we're recording this in on uh, early December. But I think Empath was it number. Did issue two just come out or issue one? Issue two came out yesterday, yeah. Okay, so issue two just came out. Yeah, and Dead Detective, which uh, looks really great as well. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about, because I haven't had a chance to read it yet, about Empath? Yeah, um, Empath, the main character's name is Jace Emery. Um, and he basically is figuring out... Um, the emotions that he's absorbing from others. And uh, I know I based the kind of off of real life, right? Like we do things from experience a lot of times um, mm -hmm. you care, sure. you care about certain people um, and the way certain things affect them also affect you, right? They're angry. You could get angry. They get hurt. You might feel hurt. So I just magnified this by a hundred and he really, really has to really deal with the emotions. Um, and he does it by touching them. And he has to figure out a way to deal with it and 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 get rid of it. Uh, but just like real emotions in real life, they they take a toll on you. So, you know, he has to deal with the consequences of taking those actions and absorbing other people. And in some cases, it might be helping them, and some it might be using it against them. Uh, so it, there's a lot of things that we get to play around with emotions, which I think is fun. You know, yeah, that's awesome. I really like the. Uh... The concept of that one. And again, the all the artwork I've seen, I haven't got a chance to read it yet, but all the artwork I've seen looks uh looks phenomenal. I mean, it really looks like you've in terms of your artists, your colorists, and um well the letterers too, because you've worked with DC Hopkins and uh like yeah. you said before Taylor Esposito and I I think was it um um I'm not, I just lost who was uh editing or who was lettering um Empath. Mika Myers, 
Oh yeah, okay. Another yeah. Desi Santi has done lettering for us. Uh, Seda Timofanti. Uh, I'm working now with Cinna Il. She's working on some other titles that'll come out next year. Oh wow, awesome! So there's a lot. All right, let's take a quick break. What in the Sam Hill is happening right now? What is that? Yeah, what evil? You like bards? Yeah, what evil? Oh, you like Band of Bards. It's not my fault, you mumble. That makes sense. They're dropping some great new series right now. There's that one about a heavy metal guitarist in the 1970s with monsters, working class wizards. You know how we love monsters around here. And my friend Dakota Brown, he's working on a project, uh, Grandma Tilly's Hell Tech Mech with Lane Lloyd. I saw the preview for that. That is crazy. Jimmy even contributed to their anthology from the static and had Matt Sumo on the podcast to talk about his project, The Bardic Verses, which makes a lot of sense that the project landed there. Where can you find them? You need to get out more. They are in previews or you can visit their website, bandabars.com, for all the latest. Can we turn the music off now? Thank you. No more surprises. Minstrels or anything like that or I'll rent you out to the Ren Fair as a children's ride. <laughs> Let's get back to the show. In terms of the like the distribution of the comics, and especially with all the turmoil, you know, uh, the past few years with, um, you know, with kind of Diamond being in charge, and you know, then Lunar stepping up, and other companies like, you know, I know yeah, that you yeah. have uh, like a digital like store through, I guess, like Comicsology or Amazon now, and but you can still buy physical issues through your website, right? Right. So, yeah, it's been an interesting run for like a little over six and a half years, right? Because we had COVID, yeah. shut, shut everything down. Um, but we continued. We didn't slow down at all. We just kept doing what we were doing already. And I mean, our website sales were up tremendously during that time, um, I guess, because people couldn't find anything new at the shops and they were just yeah. ordering. Or get out to the shop. So, yeah, but that, I mean, at the same time, you know, some people might look at it as a negative, but maybe it was a positive in a sense that it might have given us more exposure. Um, and now, like, it seems this year a little bit, people are fearful of the economy. So it's been, you know, an interesting uh, ride so far. But, right. um, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we just have so much planned right now. Um, we have stuff through the distributor, which is Diamond. Uh, we were on Comicology, but when they changed everything over, um, I, I guess like they removed everything and you have to resubmit everything. Yeah, that's what I've heard from others. Uh, and my understanding is that a lot of people are not really that happy with the platform now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we made a priority was Global Comics. Oh, yeah. I, so they're like the new game in town, basically yeah. taking over Comicology. And I think they... Uh, they stepped in at the right time. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they seem like they have a good library. And uh, I know that they first started with their website and then they did a push really to get like their app together for folks that wanted to read, you know, um, and use use the app on, you know, their iPad or phone or whatever. But yeah, they seem like they're definitely kind of leading the charge to be, the you know, to take over as the uh, digital comics platform. I think we've been on there now. Maybe it's been a little bit over 30 days, maybe something like that. Um, so it's not that long, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm glad we're on there because we definitely got a lot more exposure and I'm sure a lot of them are new 
new audience based. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the platform so far. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a lot, a lot easier to use. Yeah. I, I, I haven't had any issues navigating it. I've read a couple of things through, uh, through global comics and everything has been, you know, really easy to find what you're looking for, which is good, you know, cause there's a lot on there. Um, and, and so, uh, empaths out right now, uh, dead detective is the other one. Um, and so what are the, like the plans leading into to 2024? The, the, those two series are going to, are they both going to end up being five issues each? Five issues each. Um, they're one month apart. So dead detective will finish issue five, one month after empath. Okay. Um, and then in 2024, we have a book that I, um, co-created with, uh, Jay Sandlin. It's called Biomex. So Jay worked on Jin Hunter. Jin Hunter. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and he was, he was introduced to me through Brian Hawkins. Oh, okay. uh, so yeah, Jin Hunter was really great. Um, he wrote a great story and the artist again, killed it on that book. Um, so me and Jay, what I, you know, what I was discussing with him was I wanted to do something for a younger audience. I haven't done that yet. Um, and I really kind of almost felt bad, like, especially during COVID, because I'm like, there's nothing new getting out to the younger audience. Right. And, um, I felt like now I have that opportunity to expand and, and, and do something. So this is going to be a, like a kind of a robot type of book, Android, um, in that type of genre. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'll definitely, after, after this, I'll send you some snippets so you can see what's going on oh, but uh we're sending it into previews i believe this week um and so that should be uh probably another two months where you can order it um start pre-ordering it and i'll have it on the site probably by then um so it's a five issue series and i think you know even though we made it like where a younger audience can enjoy it i think the older crowd will also enjoy it yeah, I I love stories like that where there's something for the adults, but it's, it's you know, yeah, you, you have to figure out a, a way to get, you know, kids still excited about comics or, you know, younger folks excited yeah. about comics. And I mean, there are plenty of things out there, whether or not it's like Dave Pilkey or Raina Telgmeier or uh, I, I mean, manga seems to be, you know, taking over. But um, yeah, I, I think it's good that you have books that are still geared towards uh you know kids i mean that's how we all got started right you know we were (laughs) and we all like robots right we were like transformers and robotech and oh yeah so many things back back then i still wish i had my all metal you know voltron i had you know i had the heavy duty one that you could bludgeon a person with the die cast (laughs) or whatever it was yeah i had that it was heavy that was heavy that was like the best toy um yeah it was the head could fire, right? Isn't that like the head I of the think, line yeah. could fire uh, and then you could put it all together? Yeah. That good was a days. good one. Good old days, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I, I started saying that I saw you at, you know, Baltimore Comic-Con. I picked up Dream Master. Um, kind of how, you know, since things started opening back up after COVID, you know, um, in the past few years, how's your con experience been? It's been really good. I mean, uh, in the beginning, you know, we did a couple of shows. I did like Chicago, San Diego, we did New York, uh, which was, to be honest, kind of overwhelming at first because uh, we were new and we didn't have as many titles and it was like, you know, getting the hang of it. Right. Uh, 
but you know, uh, this year, uh, we did a lot more. Like we did Baltimore, we did, uh, heroes con. I did maybe like another five of them around New York that were like smaller local shows. Okay. You're based uh, in New York, right? Yeah. I did a big apple con. Um, I just did New York comic con again. Um, trying to remember what else monster mania we did. So I tried something different. Oh, you did the Monster Mania? Which one? There's one in Cherry Hill and there's one in New- in Maryland. I guess it's like, uh, no, it was like one in like Philly. I think it was called Oaks, Pennsylvania. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. At the, um, yeah, the Expo Center. In, Philly uh, Expo in, Center. In uh, yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and they told me that's their biggest Monster Mania show. Yeah. So I, I thought it would be. one in Cherry Hill before in, in New Jersey, but yeah, that's awesome. How was that? How, how, Cherry Hill was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't been in a few years, but I, I actually I first discovered Monster Mania because my wife and I, well, before she was my wife, we were looking at a hotel for like the wedding reception. And as we okay. were as we were pulling up, there was like two people in costume and one of them was on like a leash. And she does, she was like, what is this? And I'm like, I don't know. And we walked in and it was Monster Mania. And I was That's like, cool. this is amazing. And she was less than thrilled, but I had a good time. That's how I discovered. And I went a few times after that, but so what was your experience with the one in Oaks? I I thought they ran a pretty good show. Um, And and again, this was a new experience doing something that's more horror based. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we had things like dream master devil's dominion, which were big hits at that show, by the way. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those were just selling like, constantly and uh but it was cool because like they had the scream cast was there um who else was there um hellraiser pinhead um i remember so they they had a good cast of celebrities i thought for that show yeah i um i I went a few years to the one in in cherry hill um i think uh i think my favorite celebrity interaction was when i met rowdy roddy piper so that was really cool that's cool yeah i never (laughs) met him that's pretty cool he was there with uh, Keith David because they had like a They Live panel. Oh, if you remember that awesome. movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was pretty neat. Um, there's actually a buddy of mine. He owns a wrestling shop where he has all the old school wrestlers, even current wrestlers that go there and they do signings. Oh. So if you're a big big wrestling fan, look up Wrestling Universe. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel it's like a big- there's a lot of, maybe it's just the, the folks I hang out with, but I feel like there's a lot of overlap with like comic book and wrestling fans you know there is um he actually also owns a comic shop and he was selling a lot of comics so i'm sure there was some overlap between customers yeah you know wrestling fans going to the comic shop and vice versa so yeah yeah, there's definitely uh uh, both have that interest for sure well it's it's good to hear that your you know your your con experience has been uh has been going pretty well that's that's encouraging yeah Next year, I'm hoping to do some some other ones that like I did Chicago a while ago, but I'm hoping to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly, uh, maybe Cincinnati Comic Expo. I think it's called. I haven't done that yet. Oh, okay. Um, and I want to hit like MegaCon and Emerald City. I, those I haven't done. MegaCon, yeah, I, I already checked though. It was sold out for like this year and next year. So I was like, I'll try for the year after that. You know. <laughs> uh, I did just sign up for Terrific Con, so I don't know if you've ever been to that. I haven't. That's the one in usually in Connecticut, right? Connecticut, yeah, Mohegan Sun. Yeah, that's okay. a good that's a good show. It's a nice show. 
Yeah, I, I've I mean, never been, but I know they they usually get a pretty good draw in terms of uh, like you know creators, like writers and artists. It's usually like a, a who's who of uh, yeah. folks there doing signing. So yeah, I think the guy um, that owns it. I mean, he's personally involved, loves comics, so he's been around the block, so he knows who to bring. Yeah, um, and then he also has his guest list of celebrities, and I mean, it's not as big as New York, but it's it's a good size though. I think that's cool. Well, I hope. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, you know, so when you, you know, haven't done this now for, you know, the past six, seven years. And, um, when you have an idea for like a comic, like what's your kind of like creative, like process, like, do you kind of, do you sit with the idea? Or are you somebody that'll like jot it down, start to create an outline before you, you know, ha- and at what stage do you then get, others involved and think, Oh, this is something, this is something I want to develop further. I start just jotting down notes, like what I think, what the story could be, where, like where it can go. Um, who are the characters? What are the powers? Uh, like where it would take place. Um, and then like, I'll, once I'm, I feel like I'm ready, I'll, I'll present that to the writer that I think is good, a good fit for it. And then we, we build from there. Um, you know, like with Brian, like we did Devil's Dominion and uh, Jay, we did Jin Hunter and like Jay brought in like the council, which I thought was cool. Um, so, you know, everybody's going to bring in something to the table. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to make everything better. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it's a pretty easy process, I think, um, the way I do it. And uh, I, like I said before, like I give people the leniency to, to, to provide their input to help make it even better. Right. Have uh, I mean, have all of the the comics so far from Black Box kind of been that way where um, you have an idea and you want to further develop it or or are you would you ever branch out to like have other folks like submit pitches? I prob- I would like to. I just don't have the time, unfortunately. That's the problem. Yeah, well, you're mad. Um, it sounds like you're you're managing more than a few titles, so I, right. I get that. <laughs> and, and like, even though I'm working on 15, I probably can't put out all 15 right now. So right. Uh, but I did do one. I did uh, the the samurai fantasy story Shinokage. Um, so that was published for the team. It was Neil Gus Mauks, the artist. Uh, Michael Yukutis did uh, colors. And I, they, they just presented it to me and I just, I really liked the art. I, um, when I spoke to the team, just great people. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell they were easy to work with. The story was written really well and, and, and it did very good for us. Um, so the one thing that is good is like every title we were putting out basically has outsold the previous title. So it, it's, it's, it's slow growth, but it's constant growth, which is good. Right. And I think that's the best way to, to grow as, as a company. Yeah. Um, having, you know, gone from banking to comic book publishing, uh, what do you think in terms of the company has been kind of like the biggest learning curve for you? Uh, I mean, it, it's a completely different environment, right? Where instead of sure. working with, let's say, a hundred or hundreds of people at a bank, um, you know, you're collaborating with a lot of people like directly where you're working from home and you got to get up and not make sure you don't get like sidetracked with uh, other things. Cause you could easily get sidetracked, right? Like, Oh yeah. 
some TV show or some <laughs> your, your dog is, is 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 trying to get attention or your, your kids. Um, so it, it, it all depends, but it, it, you really have to get up and just be disciplined and say, I'm going to work from this time to this time and just focus on the company or the book. Um, and, and I think that's just more challenging to do when you have that freedom. Yeah. 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 Um, but working in, you know, banking as long as you did, and especially being at this for however many years, like, I don't think you'd be able to get, you know, more than two or three titles out if you didn't have that type of, you know, work ethic or mentality that I gotta, I gotta focus and I gotta do this. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, even though I have like my hours that I do during the day, I'm up sometimes like two to six in the morning and reviewing stuff, editing, approving. And some of the guys, uh, might be like overseas, let's say. So I don't want to miss that opportunity or that window. Cause I'm, they're working at that time. Right. So, so if they're submitting something two or three in the morning, I want to review it quickly and get it back to them so they could continue rather than yeah. waste another day. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's almost like 20 hours a day, you know, like nonstop. So, but wow. I enjoy it. So I love it. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, um, well, I think it shows in the work, you know, Thanks. I appreciate you know, when you like, like the, the covers for dream master, the reason I picked it up, like instantly caught my eye. I think everyone is a wraparound cover. Yeah. All five I have. Yeah. They're all wraparound covers. It all looks great. Um, so yeah, I was, you know, I was thrilled. I loved it. So I'm I'm excited for it. I took like I said, I closed issue five and I was like, man, I was like, there better be an issue six coming. So I'm excited oh, yeah, there, that there will be. Um I mean, right now there's no plans to stop that thing. I mean, it's yeah, the, the whole team, and that's something I take a lot of pride in. When I see that the team is really interested in the character, uh, to tell the story, whether it's uh, writing it or or drawing it, and even our colorists and letterers, they'll be messaging me and saying, man, I really love this character. Like, please keep me on this book, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, 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 and that's so great to hear because you want everyone to enjoy that experience with you on that journey, you know? So mm -hmm. that, that's really fantastic for me. Has the way that you found um, other creators to work on the titles, like uh, changed at all in terms of how you started in the beginning, like knowing some, folks through like art collecting and learning the business like in terms of how you like find writers or match people up has that changed at all has that grown like yeah i mean I, I don't social media like what is it that you i, do I would like, say like, yeah i would say in the beginning i kind of relied on that um the way i started versus right. now where i'm a lot more in the community uh whether it's on facebook or instagram or twitter and uh, i get to see a lot of the work that's being shared and um, who's talking about what book, uh, what did they write? How did they write it? How do, how do you get along with them? I mean, all that stuff's important. And um, so you, I just have more exposure to all that now through social media. So I would say social media is probably the biggest way I uh, rely on finding new people. And in terms what is it though, that, you know, you look for in terms of like, uh, I mean, are you still like reading other, big two or indie comics and trying to find something from a writer or like just somebody share some art and you're like, Oh, I think that would work for this book. Is there, I mean, I don't have, I don't have time to read the big two anymore, but, um, 
like I, I like one one person that I, I was familiar with his writing, which is Dan Chichester, who just wrote the Daredevil series that just came out. Yeah. I don't know, the Black Armor series. Yeah. Um, DG, so he, right? Yeah, DG. Yeah. He also worked on uh Daredevil in the nineties and a couple of other titles. And um I I signed him for uh for two titles that he's working on right now for us that he's writing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh yeah, I mean I it just depends on what we have. So like we did a uh, gin hunter, for example, and I was looking for quite a while. I was looking for the right artist for that. Cause I knew in my head what I was envisioning to see. Mm-hmm. And when I finally saw the art, I was like, that's, that's the right artist for this job. And, um, you could see it has that anime style. Um, and it ended up, ended up being, uh, I believe it was like listed number one in one of CBR's top 10 lists. Uh, and then Devil's Dominion was in the top ten, also. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing that. And and yeah, that was Rafael Forte, the art uh, artist who, by the way, is working on Ninja Kaidan Volume Two. Uh, oh, nice! So the artist on Ninja Kaidan Volume One was Lucas Mayer. He's working for DC Comics right now. Um, so scheduling wise, it, it didn't work out, and Rafael is just really doing a slamming job on Volume Two. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I was looking to see because I couldn't recall who the uh, Gin Hunter was. Uh, oh, Fabrizio uh, Cosentino. Yeah, yeah, it does kind of have like a bit of uh, you know anime kind of feel. But you also have amazing uh, the colors that you that you have selected. I right. mean, you just well, have used some amazing, amazing he, colors. He actually colored that also. Yeah. So. I saw that he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think, yeah, the colorists for each title also worked out where the style of color and the palettes they use, the way they color worked out perfectly for that series. Um, so like obviously Fabrizio, the way he colored gin that worked for that. Uh, and I thought like Adriano Augusto did uh, the detective and I just, I like the way he colors. So I thought he was perfect for this and gave it that nice, like dark, noir vibe uh for horror mm-hmm. um, and and the guy that was the artist on that is fabio lima jansen's which i think the art style he uses which is his style but it, it reminds me a little bit of like a maybe a bernie wrights and kelly jones somewhere in that area yeah it, it feels um like looking at some of the the preview pages i saw like it, it feels a little um kyle hots maybe even a little bit yeah, there. I there's. I can't think of the word that I want to use to describe it. Like, because I, I, I don't want to say it's not like, like a lot of clean lines. Because that I, I don't know what the opposite of that is. That doesn't sound right, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but you know, that's that's what works for that 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 book. I think. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, and how have you feel? How do you feel in terms of the reception so far for Empath and Dead Detective? I mean. We've been getting nothing but good reviews so far. Um, no, nothing could be like, a, or, or have an expectation that everything's going to be a home run. Yeah. Right. Like every book you do is going to have its audience. Um, obviously, like banking is going to have a certain audience, you know, the different type of audience. Uh, Dream Master and Ninja Kaidan, I think, are a little bit more towards the typical comic audience. Um, those were also our highest in sales. Um, and then now Empath and Dead Detective just came out, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, 
those those two are to me completely different where that detective is dealing with the horror side and empath is really a realistic almost a realistic take but street level hero right uh so I, I, we'll see how that goes. I, I, I think uh, people are going to really like it and be surprised how good it really is. And it's um, it's a, an issue one per month until the issues are done, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be uh, fantastic. So they'll both finish up early next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a book called Doctor Wilder. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. No, where... that one I'm not. Uh... So Brian wrote that. Um, and it's just basically like a team that uh, they get hired to investigate and they're they're cloning animals, passing them off as real. Real animals are becoming extinct. And uh, I, I think the way someone described it, it was one of the reviewers that said something. It was like an animal rights on the DL or something like that. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's really like uh, if you like animals, I mean, I, th- I think you'll definitely enjoy that. But there is a lot of action. There's a lot of uh, drama that goes on in it. Uh, it's just a really good book. It's one of those books I think that surprised people. Oh, I'll have to check it out because I I'm a big fan of uh, of, of Brian Hawkins and um, okay. yeah I've enjoyed any everything he's written that I've read of his so far. So yeah. I can't wait. To, I'll have to check out Doctor Wilder and I'm excited to to get Empath. Yeah, shout out to so. Brian. Brian's a good dude. I never met him in person. That we were supposed to meet at a. Uh, Heroes Con, but I think he couldn't make it. So oh, okay. maybe yeah. next year. I had him on the podcast uh like fairly early on. I think right when the series he did, the Vineyard, like issue one had come out. So um hoping to have him on again to talk about the stuff he's working on and then talk about the the black box comics that he's you know that he's done so far and and about empath. So yeah, cool. hopefully I can make that happen. Um oh, know, I'm sure he'll do it. Well that series adds out. So uh, yeah. Um, it, uh, so what else uh, in terms of we have Empath and Dead Detective and then uh, do you have the plan for when the next one launches in 2024 or is that what you're still working on now? Well, Biomex will Biomex. come out. Yeah, Biomex. And then um, we also got Devil's Dominion Volume 2 and Volume 3. I have completely finished those. So all wow. 10 issues are done and ready to go. Uh, and the artist, uh, we switched over the artist from Devil's Dominion on Volume 1 to Ninja Kaidan Volume 2, but the artist from Wilder is on Devil's Dominion Volume 2 and 3, and he did a phenomenal job. So I think it, 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 it's really good. The story was excellent. Um, I can't wait for everybody to see that. It's I, I mean, I love the the character Devlin. I think she's a great character, uh, and the universe of Black Box is growing. So there's going to be some cameos here and there that people will see, and then slowly we'll build into it where they get a little bit more involved in each other's lives, and and we have really good explanations as to why and how they connect. Um, so I have that all like mapped out already. That's awesome. That's exciting. I like, uh, you know, I like the slow build. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. You don't, you don't think of it, but like, as I was talking to the writers and I was like, Oh, we're doing volume two and three and we're going to introduce a little cameo of this because of this. And they're like, Oh, that's awesome. I didn't think of that. So like, it's really good, uh, connecting them where it works, not right. just forcing it. 
Yeah, so listeners, if you're you haven't gotten into the black box comics universe yet, you know, now's the time. Uh, and they start uh, yeah. weaving the characters into other stories. That'll be that'll be exciting to see that as it happens. So uh well, uh, Demetrius, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast and talking uh, about thanks for having black me on. Comic. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Yeah, so look, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. You can follow Black Box Comics cool. on Twitter, and I'll put a link to the website where you can buy physical copies awesome. of Thank books. You. And you can go to Global Comics and search Black Box Comics and find the stuff that they offer there if you uh, read your comics digitally. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll give a plug to Dream Master because I really enjoyed it. Um, I just thought the art in particular was just phenomenal. And um yeah, I'm going to get on reading the Brian Hawkins titles because I really like Brian's work. So that'll be next on my list to to tackle. So I'll be well-versed when the uh, characters start crossing over. I'll, I'll know where they're coming from. Yeah, you'll notice uh, that for sure. <laughs> I mean, just a little spoiler if you want. I mean, it's already kind of out there. If you see the issue five cover of Empath. You'll, oh, the, okay. The variant. All right. I'll uh, I'll have to go search that on, uh, on, on Twitter, yeah. maybe, uh, so yeah. I can figure it out. Um, but Demetrius, thank you uh, so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. This was great, man. Thank you. And uh, be sure to, uh, if you like the podcast, you know, rate and review us. Uh, I, I I tweeted out earlier that all I want for Christmas is for people to leave us a review. You know, but say nice things. I'm an old man, and I'm very sensitive. Um, <laughs> but be sure to check out Black Box Comics. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Have thank a good you, everyone. Night. I'll Thanks. see you next time. Take care, guys. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now